Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Wow, everybody, welcome. I want to welcome you to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Hey, and this is our Street Smart Spirituality Hour. I love doing this hour, and I love doing it on bbsradio.com. Oh, my gosh. It's just an incredible opportunity. It's one of the most fun hours I do out of my 12 to 14 live radio week. Um, and it, it's I, I so look forward to doing this show. And I want to give a shout-out to everybody at bbsradio.com that has supported the Dr. Pat Show and everything we're about. Boy, they have been with us from day one and have supported us, supported our Global Prosperity Initiative, uh, aired live streaming from uh, 30 hours of radio. They plugged us in. They put us on. And what a great team to work with here. And so I'm thrilled. I love doing this hour. And I love being able to interview some of the people I interview. Now, Linda, Linda is the one that brings in lines and schedules everybody up. And she, she really looks very specifically at this hour, this one hour that I do, to find the most amazing, extraordinary, unique people um, that we could possibly, possibly talk with. And tonight's show is another one of these great shows. Now, I'm going to introduce you to an author, somebody that has a vision. But, you know, Tom Lombrazo is an artist, photographer, and somebody that had a near-death experience, which I can only imagine changed his life. His artwork has appeared in in several California venues. He's been on television. He's been on radio. But he's also produced an incredible book, apparently his first book. I would have never known. You, you know, I, I honestly would never know exactly what is in his arsenal. But the book that I have in front of me is called Faces of the Universe. Love this book. I am such a visual, faces of the universe, sacred images. I am, I have to tell you, you're going to hear something tonight that is rather extraordinary. But this book takes you on a journey. It begs for you to use your imagination, but it also lets us explore some of the most exquisite parts of living on this planet. And that is through some of the images that many of us pay no attention to at all. He's joining us here today. Of course, you know, Carol is the co-author of the book with him. We're going to hear lots more about that. But Tom is joining us here today because this is a conversation about meaningful messages, meaningful messages that get delivered to us, perhaps from the clouds, perhaps from rocks, perhaps from trees, perhaps... In any form of nature. But the question then becomes, what are these messages saying? 
And are we actually awake enough to pay attention? Tom, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Pat. I'm really uh, honored to be here and so pleased to talk to your audience today. I, I, I'm going to talk more about the book. I, I mentioned that I'm a visual person, and, and I really am. I mean, I see words. I don't hear them or speak them. It's funny that I do what I do, isn't it? You know, here I am blabbing all week long, but I really am a visual person. And what many people don't know is that when I interview somebody, even if I'm not looking at you, I have a visual sense of who you are. That's why I read every book that comes across my desk. Every interview, I pick up a book and I read it. And there are some things that I'm really struck by. And I want to start... um with you by what you and Carol have written in this book to kind of kick us off. And and you start the book by talking about the paths of destiny. I want to have a conversation with you about what you both have written here. And perhaps maybe you can we can read this and share this. But I was struck before I even got to the rest of the book by by what you've written here and, and really what your passion is about this. Tell us about this. Why was writing Paths of Destiny so important for you? Well, if I may uh, back up a little bit, I'd like to tell your audience that um, they can see my website at whenangeltouch.com and they can also email me at tom at whenangeltouch.com. If they go to my website under the events section and click that, which is on the very top, um, they'll see um, photos of the clouds and some of my artwork. And so they can, while we're talking, they can kind of look at all that. Oh, that's beautiful. That's brilliant. Thank you. Uh, because, uh, yeah, because I have it up here, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah it just, it's really helpful when we're doing radio. So anyway, Paths of Dense Destiny. Well, it's really an expression of the way uh, Carol and I um, are. And we've learned over 44 years of being together that we are absolutely different. We are what they would call a yin-yang, and we are opposite. And yet we have a tremendous relationship um, that has been enduring. And as we live with each other, we learn that we are so different. For example, she loves crushed, uh, I mean cubed ice, but I love crushed. And it goes from there on. I mean, everything seems to be completely opposite. And um, and so when we were doing this book and and kind of looking at our lives, we tried to find an expression through this poem that describes that we both came together. She's actually very raven-like. She looks at the ground all the time and finds things and brings them home, particularly shiny things. Mm-hmm. I look at the stars. That's how I found the clouds. Um, we're, our paths were different, yet somehow we found each other, and it was absolutely destined. There's no question in our minds we were supposed to be together. And so as we've lived our lives, and particularly over the last 10 years, we have determined to find the meaning of what happened, particularly to me, with an angelic um, presence coming into my car. Mm -hmm. Um, And as we've explored around the world, um, we found that it's all about these things that we're enjoying in terms of um, learning and searching for information, information. being generous to other people, loving everything, having a passion for life, having fun. And that's how we try to live our lives now. I mean, did you ever imagine 
your life, I mean, especially since I, I did a brief introduction, uh, a little bit about your background and did a brief introduction, you know, certainly, you know, you had a traditional job, right? I mean, you had a 40-year yeah, career. Yeah, for 40 year years, I was, a city, I was a city planner, um, both for right. 20 years in government and 20 years with my own business. So I was always busy, basically day and night, 10 to 15-hour days. I didn't have any time for any of this. <laughs> What was the near-death experience you had, and how did that change your life or your perspective on life? Well, the I more like to call what happened a magical moment um, because it was so positive. Uh, as I was driving down a uh, expressway, four-lane expressway, I was going 60 miles an hour, and all of a sudden I'm alone in my Jeep, of course, and a voice, a very strong, loud male voice simply says, Slow to 35. Now, mm. I'm looking around trying to figure out where did that come from. It wasn't in my mind. It was a clear voice. And I instantly said, that's an important message. I better <laughs> listen to it. And I immediately slowed to 35. Um, a car passed me with three young uh, men in it. And within seconds, they actually stopped at a green light and pulled in front of me. And I had no way to stop that and not to hit them. And at 35 miles an hour, we both totaled our cars, um, but I survived, they survived, and um, we all had injuries, of course, but I was absolutely amazed at 35 how how much injuries occurred. And when the California Highway Patrol officer came and I told him what happened, he said, Mr., if you were going 60, you'd be dead. At that mm-hmm. moment when he said that, I said, Something really significant just happened for me. Yeah. And that made me, I've, I'm a Scorpio by astrology. Um, I was born on 11-11. And I, uh, You're born on 11-11? Yeah. I'm born on yeah. 12-11. Wow. There you go. Interesting. Wow. <laughs> but anyway. 11-11-11 for you. <laughs> as a part of this, um, this event, and my background, um, I have to find things out. So mm-hmm. kind of in a way, I'm always exploring. Uh, I have to find answers to things that happen, be it any phase of life. So I had to figure out who this voice was. Mm. So that started the whole thing. Wow. That, you know, it's really interesting how we hear voices or or not. And that's what I said earlier. I mean, you know, you and I are going to have this conversation based on what you've discovered. I mean, you know, Faces of the Universe, Sacred Images. Of course, this is a beautiful book, but it's also a powerful book. And I, I made a comment before where I said, you know, there are signs and there are images everywhere. Sometimes we see them, sometimes we don't. What do you think the secret is to that, Tom? Well, um, I think it comes in different paths or different ways for people. Uh, clearly, people that have had near-death experiences, it changes their lives, primarily most people. In my case, it did. Um, you become more aware. You become to slow down a little bit. And as you slow down, um, things happen. For me, it was all of a sudden after the accident, I had you know people coming to me that I had no business meeting. I mean, they... They came out of nowhere, and they were guiding me. I, I learned that something was really happening. And um, I think the more that I, I listened, the more I started to evolve. And one of the things that someone said to me very early in this in 2001, they said, Tom, you're going to change, 
and document everything like a diary every day. That was incredible advice, and I have 10 years of notes. And it was important because uh, so many things have happened in over 10 years that I would have forgotten so many things, particularly the more, you know, more mundane things that might have happened. But um, they all were important things. So, you know, it was almost like a learning experience. It was practice to to learn more about our lives and what is around us and how we exist. So um, uh, I, it doesn't necessarily happen overnight for everybody. It's, it's, it really is practice. I've had to practice this. But the practice came about because I had to learn. I had to explore. And as I explored, I always found something that was incredible. I had to explore more. And, um, it was just an amazing process. It is amazing. You know, some people would say, wow, you're extremely intuitive. And you know what? I think you're psychic, Tom. Um, How do you grapple with assertions like that? I would say to that person, you're psychic too. (laughs) We all all have that ability in some ways. I think we have different abilities. Clearly, like as human beings, you know, I might be born with an aptitude for math and someone else for science, and I think that is true. I think some, in terms of intuitiveness or psychic abilities, we seem to be blessed a little bit differently, but nonetheless, um, we can, with practice, improve our psychic abilities um, and, and learn to see things. And I know, in my case with my books, um, and I have two books, um, that people's reactions, once they see the pictures, it opens them up, and particularly in the clouds. Um, the first impression is, Tom, I can't go outdoors anymore without looking straight up. I have to see what you're seeing. And that's what it does. So, um, And then they start to learn. They start to open up their mind to the possibilities. What do you think is is our greatest challenge right now so that we all can get to the place of, you know, looking up to the sky, looking up to the clouds. And we'll talk about some of these messages and some of the images. What do you think our greatest challenge is right now, Tom? I'd say there's a couple. One is um, is to do this slowing down a little bit. We are so busy as people. You know, we have families, we have jobs, we have all the frustrations of life. And it really is hard for us to find even five minutes to slow down a little bit. But if you can, five, five, or ten, or fifteen, just just to sit somewhere or lay somewhere and take in the beauty of this planet. Is as much as there is a lot of harm on the planet, there's a lot of beauty, and discovering the beauty is an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. So slowing down. And the other thing is to, um, and maybe even more important, is to love each other. And without one of the things that's come in for me is learning to love more than I ever loved. And to love mm-hmm. everything that exists on this planet, in the sky, and inside the planet. And there's life everywhere. And so we're kind of like custodians of that life, I feel. And we have mm-hmm. a, somehow we have a duty to help save this beautiful place. You know, the, the message, or one of the messages in, in, in your book, um, faces of the universe, sacred images. One of the messages in the book is that there are messages. 
And uh, you ask us throughout the book, you know, take a look at this cloud, take a look at this, what do you see? And you do this in a way that says that maybe what you see, Tom, is going to be different than what I see. Let's talk about these messages. In, in, you know, tell us why you're so convinced that there are these messages. Well, and look, if you, if you, anybody has the chance to, um, to look at these books. And by the way, on the website, uh, both of my books are now ebooks, so people can download them for a lot cheaper. But mm-hmm. um, the the photographs in whole, they really symbolize um, that there has to be an intelligence mm-hmm. in some form creating these images, because these are not simply you know, bulbous clouds, you know, billowing through the sky. They are um, there's images here like you know, all kinds of uh, things that, well, clearly, I mean, there's an an, there's angel pictures, there's pictures of people, there's pe- uh, pictures of alien-looking things, uh, animals. And I think many of us, as we were growing up as a child, you know, learned to look at the sky and marvel at the different images in the sky. But this is beyond that. This is, this is clearly we've been able to photograph things that way beyond our imagination. And they kind of say, we're here. If you're looking at us, we're here. And how can this be this way in the sky? How can these clouds form this way? And I do believe there's an intelligence behind creation of these. Maybe akin a little bit to crop circles in England. Mm-hmm. You know, something is making those. And, and I think these messages are, first of all, to say there is another intelligence beyond humankind. And to kind of think about that you know can we get along with that intelligence um you know we're not alone we're not alone on this planet we're not alone elsewhere in my view i wanted to i wanted to ask you about um uh what it's like to take some of these amazing pictures and you know i really want to ask you about that because i would love for you to describe what's in this book it's really you know we do radio so i love that you pointed everybody to the website you know, to take a look at some of these pictures. But I have to tell you, I was in awe every page of the book. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I especially was um, um, uh, completely stunned when I got to some of the pictures and rocks and so forth because, you know, those are some of the things I relate to. And, you know, we're going to talk about the sandworm as well. But tell us a little bit about this journey that one takes with you uh, in the book? Well, um, I think the first thing that happened is uh, actually about five years after I had my accident, um, I started seeing images in rocks and sidewalks, places I've always walked for 40 years. And all of a sudden I see things, and that's how it happened. Um, And so I learned I'd better take my camera a lot of places. (laughs) When we went to Peru in uh, 2007, that's when I started seeing the first really strange um, uh, cloud image, which was uh, an image of a condor on my way to Machu Picchu in the train, as well as a puma. Those two images are two of the three sacred entities for the Inca. So there seem to be, when when I do this and I... You know, carry my camera, there are things I learned that how to take these, because there are many of them are veiled. Some of them are really very much seeable by everybody. But if you don't have your camera, you know, how many people, I'm sure, have had the situation where 
God, I saw that image, but where's my camera? I wish I had it. Well, I carry it all the time. This has kind of been, kind of turned into an occupation um, to do this. And I never know when they're going to come, so you have to be ready. But one of the strange things that out of this is that there seems to be direct communication, uh, sometimes with me directly with these clouds, and then sometimes just for everybody. Uh, for example, there's an image called The King and I Meet um, on page 50 of the book. And that day that happened was just after I got my first book delivered to me. And that book's called Journey to the Clouds. And that image came right over my house. And it's such a strange and an amazing image of a royal looking king with a, with a, you know, the ornament of a king. Mm. Um, and I've found that to happen for me. And I think this is one of the things that, you know, when we talk about intention and communication with our mind on a spiritual sense, I think perhaps this is one of the ways it happens. I also get communication in other ways, um, you know, psychically through, you know, um, touch and uh, sound and visions and so forth. So this is just one way. But I don't know why I've been able to do it. I guess I was just so open to it. I'm a very visual person, too, so perhaps uh, the folks upstairs understand I'm very visual <laughs> and I'm very, very dedicated to taking these. So there are clearly messages um, for us in these, and the more that things happened, it, it really shows that it is a form of communication from some other entity or entities. And I don't see them as, um, I see everything as benevolent so far. I have not been harmed in any way. I have not had any um, anything happen uh, that is negative. So I just keep doing it. It's, it's um, I, well, when we talk about, my kind of transition over the last 10 years, it's been one of learning many, many things, but there have been many tests for me. I liken it to, you know, a mouse in a maze and him trying to get the cheese and gets rewarded with the cheese if he finds the right direction. And many times I find that happen for me as things evolve. And this, these books are one of those things that happen. It was a test to take all these, and I've done it. In fact, when I was doing both books, um, I was always awoken around 1.32 a.m. in the morning because I was still working. And um, they upstairs, they woke me up and made me work um, four or five hours each day until, you know, 6 a.m. or something. So there was something magical going on to create these. And I think the answer to your question also is that I'd say the angels uh, want everybody to see these images because it really opens our mind and our spirit and our heart to what is really going on in our world and and how we could transition into something of a better life. I love that you're talking about this this way because I was really struck by two things. One, I was really struck by uh, what what happens when we all look up. I mean, don't you think, Tom, the very essence of looking up, the practice of it, you know, looking up, that this has been something that has literally saved my life some days, um, especially in the healing journey that I've been on. You know, some days all you can do is look up, right? Look up to the sky, look up, you know, look up to the world of unlimited possibilities. I, I want to ask you about the, about the angels because I want, do you think they're trying to get our attention to tell us 
look, folks, you do not have to work that hard. You don't have to struggle. You don't have to do this alone. Is, are they trying to get to, to, to us in that way as well? Well, let me answer that a little differently. Um, okay. I was raised Catholic, and even though I had that training, I, because of my Scorpio background, I really needed to see proof. <laughs> and I really, I really didn't have, I didn't see angels, I didn't feel them, I didn't have exposure to them. Um, I almost like them to Roman gods or Greek gods, and, you know, there's some kind of history to it, but maybe not like people are taught about angels. And so when I had my accident and that those things started to change for me, when I heard the voice, and then later on in the several years I had, then I started to, my very first vision in 2005 was of Archangel Michael, in which I also believe he was the one that um, was the voice in my car in 2001. But he came to me in 2005 as uh, in color, like HD quality, and on his horse, and, and standing in profile, and it was amazing. And um, and then uh, we actually had the Cloud Angel come in Sedona in 2008 when my wife and I were walking a labyrinth, and the clouds just massed incredibly over our head. And when we were done, I looked up, and there was this incredible angel, and I believe that to be Michael. And um, fortunately, I have my camera, so we've got a picture of that in our book. So I believe we have lots of proof. And so to answer your question more specifically, I came from a place where I didn't believe in angels, and I now experience them. I experience them on a daily basis now. I mean, they touch me. They touch my skin. They send me noises in my ears. Um, they touch my finger to tell me this is right and that's right. Um, they give me messages of songs, you know, 40, 50 years ago um, that tell an event to happen. For example, um, when my second book was coming, it was coming from um, Hong Kong and on a ship. And it's a two-week journey. And all that while, I didn't think about it, but all that while I was getting this tune, Sea Cruise, which goes back to 1959. Oh, I know that song. Yeah, and I, I heard this melody, and and I vaguely remembered it, and we looked it up. That was my book coming. They were telling me my book was coming. There was no other reason. We weren't going on a sea cruise. So that's the way the communication has come to me, and it gets more and more elaborate as time goes on. And so, yes, they are there for all of us, I believe, if we wish to um, receive them and believe in them. And my experience is that they actually want us to be a part of them. They are looking for work to do for us, <laughs> frankly. They would like us to communicate with, communicate with them and to ask them things to do for us. And... Uh, um, there's no question that they are there and they want to do more. They want to help us in any way possible. So I've, I've come full circle um, and because of my experiences. And let's talk about this full circle. Right now we're hearing from people uh, just across the globe, uh, struggle, uh, folks trying to uh, find some kind of meaning into life these days and you know, I wanted to ask you uh, about the importance of what you've been able to capture here and the idea of looking at sacred images and being able to interpret the sacred message. Because a lot of times these messages are really calling us to an action. Would you agree? Yeah, many times. 
many times. Sometimes just to know that they're there. Sometimes mm-hmm. to do things. Yeah. I, I certainly get a message almost every day that this is, I'm here, you know, just to touch me or something. Um, it's really comforting to really have that feeling, let me tell you. And um, I can't describe it because to have an unseen thing touch you in a, in a very loving way is an entirely different experience. It is a different experience. Uh, and, you know, part of this is, you know, being able to talk about um, not only being touched by uh, and having loving experiences, but aren't we also here to spread the word about this? Isn't that, you know, part of maybe what your vision and mission is right now? Well, I didn't start out to do any of this. You know, yeah, neither did I. <laughs> and um, and I had no intention of doing books. I had no intention of being a photographer. I had no intention of any of this. And it just happened. It, the information built up by curiosity just had to be satisfied. And so, you know, the clouds, <laughs> the clouds happened and the photogra- photography happened. And I had so much, uh, so many clouds. I've taken well over 200,000 pictures. And, you know... Um, I, at the point I had so many good photographs that people could see, I have so many that people probably wouldn't see as well, but I have so many that are just incredible that I said, we have to do a book and, and show people. It was just that kind of exercise and evolution. So that's why the books were done, and um, the information was provided to me. I was able to receive it through photography, and then I had to do something with it. And so it led to the first book, and then it led to the second book. Um, and actually, I'm probably working on a third book right now. Mm-hmm. There's just so much out there. The images continue to come in through the sky all around the world. You know, a lot of the pictures in the book are, are pictures of clouds. And, and I wanted to ask you, I mean, there are so many in here. I can only imagine what your day is about. Um, you know, what would you say are some of the, the, the pictures, some of the cloud images that, that you discovered that really struck you right at your core? And I know you shared one at one point in time, but were there any here that really grabbed your attention and surprised you in kind of a, an amazing way? Um, one incredible one is the Merkaba which is on page 190 and beyond. And um, I was at a local hospital getting a prescription for my mom. I came outdoors on a beautiful, clear, blue sky day, but there were some some clouds. And I look up, and here's this image, huge cloud that had two big eyes and a huge smile. And it seemed to have wings and legs and arms that were flailing about. I looked at that. It looked like the cloud was looking at me directly, and I didn't know what it was, but I took a lot of pictures, and I sent. I have two wonderful psychic people that um, kind of helped me. I sent it to both, and both came back with this answer. Tom, don't you know this is the Merkaba? Mm. What's a Merkaba? Well, that's one of the strange things, because we are not trained to know what a Merkaba is, and um, people in the Middle East, they know. It's a part of their culture, and it's it's described, if you can look it up uh, in the dictionary, it's it's an interdimensional um, travel vehicle. And uh, it goes back at least to 600 B.C. in the Bible. And um, that's why the people in the Middle East, it's a part of their culture. Well, I, 
this is one thing that it this can educate everybody because this has been seen through history, and I got to be educated about it. And it's an amazing photograph. Um, there is one in the back chapter of my first book. Uh, it was a Stargate. And before I left to go to France and England, one of my psychics said that, um, I tell you, you're going to see a Stargate when you go to France. Mm. I said, what am I going to see? We don't know, but it's going to be powerful to be two angels guarding it and just honor it. When we got to a place called St. Malou, which is on the north coast of France, beautiful town and the English Channel's right there, and all of a sudden as we got out of our taxi, here's this set of clouds actually, um, but in the end, a huge triangular cloud forms. And imagine a big white cloud, but the, uh, perfectly... A perfect triangle was formed into center, and so you would see through it. You'd see blue sky behind or through the triangle. And um, I sat there, or stood there, on the sidewalk. I took about 50 pictures. People were going by me. They weren't looking up. Imagine a person with a camera looking up, taking these pictures, mm. and no one was looking. It was like I was invisible. It was like I could jump through that triangle. Oh, that's I so interesting. I think time stopped at that time. That was a remarkable cloud. And, of course, the angel cloud in Sedona, um, which is in both books, um, was remarkable in that it it came as we walked this labyrinth. And you could see the clouds form. They were massing. And then all of a sudden, this angel on a horse, it's so clear. Um, it's one thing to get clouds and, you know, they're kind of fuzzy. But this is, these things are so clear. If you go on my website, I kind of lead with that cloud because you know, I have a little box for um, uh, videos, and that that cloud uh, with me is shown. So there's um, that's three big ones, but there are so many good ones. Oh yeah, there are. I mean, this is this is really a feast. I mean, I, I honestly I can't wait to spend more time with it. You know, one of the things that I do want to talk about as well is, are what you call the faces of the earth. And um, uh, this is something I've been extremely drawn to. I mean, I look at structures of the earth. And, you know, of course, we know the Grand Canyon and other places. But but I am so struck by some of the things that are just here in front of us every day. Can you tell us a little bit about, um, you know, these faces of the earth and do they have the same kind of messages that you see in the clouds? Um, many of them do, and I think the major point is that there is life everywhere, and, and life in different forms than we ever can try to understand. And it, has to, it opens our mind again. Again, I wanted to say that I started with seeing things in rocks and sidewalks. Um, I, I'm a pretty avid runner, so I was running in a place I've run for 30 years, and all of a sudden I see things in the sidewalk, and including an image that looks like an Aztec being or Inca uh, being. Um, but many of these images are very Native American, um, which is interesting. And then, um, um, and then in uh, Flagstaff, Arizona, we were going through there, and I found a rock that's five-sided, first of all, which is unusual, but every side has in black, an image that is it appears to be very much um, American Indian. Um, 
including Coco Pelli. Um, that's just amazing. How does that happen, you know? And one of the more amazing things, um, as I was running one day, was uh, I can't believe it because at the corner on a curb, concrete curb, was this about eight-inch um, piece of tar in an irregular shape. And I had to stop because I saw something. I went back and I said, this takes the cake because here in this black, flat asphalt um, on the concrete curb was an entity. And the entity has two eyes, a mouth that looks like it has teeth and a tongue, and two big ears. But one of the more striking things, it has a formation of a heart in, in the center of his, uh, his body. And that told me that life could exist or images of life could exist in virtually anything. One of the things that I am, I, I guess, you know, one of the things that I'm struck by that I, that I wanted to ask you about is, you know, this, this idea to look at the book that you've written, the messages we're getting in the face of consciousness. You know, Tom, there are many people that have said that, um, we are, we are on the brink of a form of enlightenment that we've never experienced. Now, some people would argue against that. Other people say consciousness is rising, um, and, and and yet we have a lot of people that are looking down. You know, are these messages, are these images, um, you know, part of the contribution uh, to that rising consciousness? I mean, I'm not sure how you feel about that, but what do you think is going on? Are we being called to a higher order? I would tend to say yes. Mm-hmm. I think that um, uh, those that wish to entertain their minds are not closed, for example, to the possibilities of these things. For example, I, you know, I'm sure everybody's run into people that you, know, you show them a weird picture, and they'd say, "Well, you know, that that's okay, or that that's just weird, or <laughs> that can't be." And uh, I've had that many times with people, particularly of um, flying saucer images, and. Um, I said, well, okay, then how do you explain this image? You know, I'm not here to convince anybody of one thing or another, other than I've been able and fortunate to capture these images. And if it was one image, it would be one thing, but I've got thousands of these images. And these two books, there's well over 400. And you really have to say to yourself, something's happening. Something is being shown to us, and I think it's, um, as it has happened for me, it has opened my mind even more than it was. And I think if you just think about it, that how did that get there? How did this happen? What does it look like? Who could have created it? It raises all these questions. So um, that's one of the reasons I did the books, because there were so many, and they were so substantial, um, and it really raises in your mind what is really happening. And I think it helps us evolve. And I truly do believe we're evolving. I mean, our our minds, I mean, look at our society over the last hundred years. So many incredible things have happened scientifically, mathematically, socially, that, in fact, I do think we're evolving. Maybe perhaps seeing things like this um, is another way to educate us, to change our minds in a way that we can see things um, in a different way. So I definitely agree with you. You know, this is really, this is why I so really wanted to talk with you about this is because I went through some of this and I really was struck by, you know, so many of the images and so many of the things that, 
you've been able to capture. Uh, but I, 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 I also want to talk with you uh, uh, about uh, what appears to be a heart-shaped image in the sand. And, and I want you to talk about that for, for a little bit because, it's first of all, it's a beautiful image, but I think it has a story. So tell us about that. Well, that was the same day that my wife and I went to France and saw the Stargate along the beach in um, in St. Malou. And as that day progressed, there were many cloud images that came in that day, but the biggest one was the Stargate. But as we're walking the beach a little later, um, here was a sandworm that formed a complete, almost perfect-shaped heart in the sand. And it was so beautiful, and the sun was striking it. It was reflecting so wonderful. I said, i got to take a picture of that. And it was like, it was a message there for us as we had encountered the different clouds and the meaning coming from them, but also that stargate that happened. It was um, all the things that we're doing, and that's why I talked earlier, it really is about love. I found that over these last 10 years, all the things that have happened to me, the biggest thing we can do is love. And not necessarily the way we think, but to love everybody, to love everything, to open your hearts to possibilities, um, to be generous, to be humble. It's all those things and more. And I think that is where this is all headed. Those that can embrace love and um, and share that love with others in all kinds of ways, um, that changes everything. There's a song that really, really affects me emotionally. One day I was in my car listening to the radio, and the song comes on. Um, let's see if I remember. It was um, oh, um, every soul, um, any soul that could. I'm sorry. Whoever saves a single soul saves the world in time. That's the message. Mm. That's the title. And as that, and that's the issue of, you know, the pebble and the pond, and the ripple effect. Um, that is so powerful. And it's so true. One person, one soul, probably can save everything and save this planet. And so it kind of drives me to do whatever I can with other people, with the, with the information I have that I can share. Uh, and, uh, in fact, um, this, this picture of the heart that you described is the last chapter of the book, and the chapter is called The Passion, the Love, and the Magic. And this was done by my wife, Carol, and, and she, you know, she expressed it very well, that this is all about love, it's all about passion for life, and that these things like this book with all these strange images, that's the magic. And we tend to not put a lot of thought into magic, but magic is all around us. Magic is all around us. And, boy, you know, it's so wonderful talking with you. I, I mean, I, I, I just, I, I absolutely love the conversation and what you've discovered. This is a powerful message, and especially, you know, one that you just expressed that uh, Carol is putting out there. You know, this is really a time for all of us to look at, you know, bringing more love and giving more love in our lives. I mean, you and I said this both. I, I didn't sit down and think that I would be doing what I was doing. I mean, honestly, I didn't have a clue about it. But I'm called even more so now to have conversations like this. Uh, you take this message out. You do seminars. You do workshops and so forth. Tell us a little bit about how your audience responds to this. 
you know, what is it that are, that people are most curious about when you're standing up in front of a room full of people? What do they want to know about? <laughs> well, um, actually, the first thing they want to know is how in the world did all this happen? How did, <laughs> how did you hear that angel in 2001? That is, they all want to hear that, that mm-hmm. story. And, it's, you know, many people have experienced something like that. And the difference between the stuff that I've lived over the last 10 years and, and maybe many other books that people talk about their transformation spiritually, I've been very, very fortunate to be able to take these photographs to document what has happened to me and to my wife. Um, and so um, that makes me feel so good because one picture is a thousand words, so to speak. Um, other, you know, and the other reaction to this, uh, these photographs um, is um, you almost people almost are stunned in the very beginning, the first second or two or three seconds or four seconds, and then they start to say, "Well, I see this and I see that," and it makes them think. It and it's exciting to see, and and they're all happy. They're everybody. It brings it brings a real good sense of fulfillment and and um, love for the planet. For some reason, you know, it just does. It's a sense of wonder um, that just exists in our planet and excites them to do their own search. So, you know, in the scheme of things, I mean, I hear this as well from people. You know, in in all of this, where do we go from here? What can we what can we say to our listeners uh, tonight and the many people that'll hear the replay of the show? You know what. Wh- what do we want to share with them? What's the action to be taken? And what is the end result? Meaning, what is the end game in all of this? Well, I think the end game is pure love. And I would have never said that 10 years ago, but I'm convinced that we are beings um, that are being led to love. And that is a very strong message, and somehow it's probably confusing to a lot of people, because how do you learn that? How do you understand it? Um, I've come to understand that it's about loving everything, even things that perhaps upset you um, and or people that upset you. It's about letting go um, and just living a life of fun and love and enjoyment. Um, so love is the number one thing. I think also it's about spreading that love. And I would just say, you know, think about, things you could do almost every day that are fulfilling. It's almost like a Christmas experience where you give a gift and you get a gift back, but it's more than that. It's like if you were to see see someone in in desperation and you help them maybe that day a little financially, or you just go up to someone and you, you know, you just give them a hug or something. Um, um, There's all kinds of expression, and I, I really find in the way I do it that the the things that come from the heart, the actions that come from the heart um, that aren't expensive or no, not expensive at all, um, people do real, appreciate. And I think in part that comes from our society today that is so enveloped with the uh, media and we're being bombarded every day through work and TV and all this. And so to have a time, even if it takes five minutes, to help somebody or say words of encouragement or sending flowers to someone, totally unexpected things. Um, and uh, in fact, I just had one today. My mom's in the hospital, and one of the 
uh, women that helped her, I gave her a crystal. And the reaction was so incredible. She said, this is the best thing anybody ever did for her. Now, how in the world would you expect that? But it made me feel so good, and she was extremely happy. So these are the kinds of things that can be done that change the way the world works. Um, so that that's my answer. Oh, wow. You know, this has been great chatting with you. I want to thank you so much. And, uh, um, you know, we started a Pay It Forward campaign last year and have done so many things with respect to making sure that we're doing what we can do to help people out in the world. Um, if there was one last thing, Tom, that you wanted to share with people, of course, I would love for you to give out your website again. I would also um, like you to tell people how they can get a copy of your book. So let's take care of that first. Uh, what's the best way for people to find out more about all of this? Well, certainly my website, which actually has been totally redone, and it's, I think it's just, um, to say it modestly, I think it's just super. I really have uh, used a lot of clouds to do the different uh, subject matter there, and, and people can touch the cloud or the subject matter, and it'll come on. So there's a lot of stories in there, um, videos and so forth. So whenangelstouch.com is how you access it. And uh, and then you can email me through the website or directly at tom at whenangelstouch.com. Now, as far as the books, um, the books are also e-books now, and um, it, I've made them affordable. So you can download both books, and uh, I encourage you to do that. It's a way for you to to have this treasure before you and you can show other people. So um, those are the ways. Well, thank you for joining us here today. And one last question I'd like to ask you. Uh, what is your personal message for everyone? What would you like to leave us with here today? Um, I would say think about your life. Slow down. Don't fear anything. And um, enjoy your life and Start to become who you can really be, who, um, what your soul wants you to be. And uh, I think you'll discover some amazing things and just go out and do it. And perhaps um, these books help or other ways uh, from other people to help you um, evolve like I've evolved. So I would encourage you to love everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us here today. It's really great to connect with you. I want to make sure everybody knows the website, whenangelstouch.com. And uh, thank you so much, Tom, for doing that, all of you, that you do. And maybe next time we can bring Carol on. What do you think? That would be great. She's a super lady. <laughs> that, right, right, that's the perfect thing to say. Thank you so much <laughs> for joining us here today, everybody. Um, one last thing I'd like to share. As I went through the book, and I just want to make sure everybody understands, the book is called Faces of the Universe, Sacred Images. One of the experiences I had in going through the book was, you know, what Tom asks us to do, you know, he, he, he asks us to look at some of these image and all images and also explore and see what comes up for us. What do we see? Do we see faces of things, of people? You know, what are we doing? The thing I want to leave everybody with is something that Tom does as second nature. And that is the idea of looking up. Here's what I want to say to everyone. You know, when you're feeling down, when you're thinking that, you know, life has really dealt you 
uh, a deck of cards that you really didn't expect. I want to ask you to look up. In, in, and I want to ask you to do that in the way that Tom and Carol are asking us to do it. But most importantly, you know, remember that by looking up, that this is an extraordinary universe, that the world is filled with absolutely amazing potential. And when I mentioned earlier the paths of, paths of destiny, you know, by Tom and Carol, one of the things that I, that I didn't do is share this. Here's what they say. They say, for the earth was her domain and his was the stars. Separately, their paths were unfulfilled. Their destiny to find each other in this time, to travel together, to explore the meaning of all things. Together, theirs was wonder and excitement, searching and learning, humbleness and generosity, love and passion, and all was revealed. You've been listening to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And for more information, check it out, whenangelstouch.com. If you've missed any part of this show um, and want to find out more about the Dr. Pat Show at Transformation Talk Radio, please go to drpatlive.com. That's drpatlive.com. And until next time, remember, it's so easy to look up. Let's do it together. And if you know somebody that could benefit from that small bit of advice, please pay it forward. We'll see you next time on the Dr. Pat Show, everyone. Have a great, great day. Someday, not somehow, not me.